0: Hello everybody, I'm Ryan, I'm Ethan,
1: I'm Brandon,
0: and we're back again with another episode of our podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the narrative of slavery and other things that went around in uh, the colonies back then. And to uh, start things off, we're going to ask for our first segment, we're going to ask each other questions. First question I have for you, Ethan, is uh, we often have a very narrow look at African history, and we usually think of African history as rooting slavery and civil rights. Um, what have you learned that kind of goes against the grain of it?
2: So one thing I've learned outside of those narratives is that like, just in the history of like African-Americans is that the continent itself is a lot larger than people think because you can actually combine the entirety of the U.S., China, India, Europe, and Japan into Africa. Wow. And then, inside of those narratives, I also have that interracial marriage was banned in 1664, and then lifted in 1967, and because it was outlawed for so long, someone had to, like, go against it take action against it so that's what happened so and then it got lifted because of that and while it was outlawed, if you did do interracial marriage you could have gotten exiled enslaved or imprisoned all right and then i have the same question for you so what are some things that you've learned inside of the narratives of slavery and civil rights in African-American history and an example of one from outside?
0: Uh, when it comes to outside the narrative, um, we learned about how in Africa, everything wasn't like so much better than it was in America because there were still still um, civil rights problems going on in Africa. and um, so basically slavery has just been around for like ever like pretty much every place you can find slavery even even their own country so we kind of learned that and when it comes to like inside the narrative about slavery um when you come to think about it african americans have brought so much culture to america through slavery and the fact that they pretty much just like just changed America and just brought so many different aspects of their culture and whatnot into America and just blossomed to something completely different. And honestly, it's probably for the better. So the second question I have for you, Ethan, is uh, using the document B and document C that we uh, had in class, um, how do the accounts differ and what is influencing the perspective?
2: Alright, so first of all, the book had very different recording scenarios so the first interview document B was done in 1937 by a white interviewer and was most likely transcribed by someone who wasn't accustomed to the accent displaying used by the interviewee, because of how the transcription looked and in document C it was also in 1937 but instead of a white interviewer it's a black interviewer and was transcribed much better, something that almost everybody today that would speak English and read it and it would be able to understand it well and for document B going back they were the context for that one that was influencing their perspective was that they were raised on the on a plantation that was that was described as not too bad like and they listed all the pros of it and ultimately they were able to rent their owner's land and live under their protection so pretty much they had health care under their owner so whenever they needed drugs the owners would buy the drugs like medical drugs and then so that had a lot of a brighter a brighter shine on slavery in the in plantations and then for document C's context they did it in a very neutral tone and mostly because they said that um, that they couldn't really remember much so but what he did say was that there was a lot of conflict in his area between the, the slaves and the in the three people there and that's all i have for that all right um so my
0: answer to that one would be uh indictment c um they really seem to focus on the fact that there was a fickle um, there's a conflict between all the people involved like the black people the white people and the people uh, visiting the island um also gave a negative um negative uh light on slavery because there's a lot of tensions running between other people and when it comes to their influence on that one Probably to say the fact that um ugh, See the influence hmm. The influence for document C would probably be just their experience with slavery itself and the fact that how their life went is how they think slavery went and honestly, document C is probably a more accurate answer to slavery than most other um, than document B, especially because document B, um, document B, the uh, person talks about how slavery wasn't that bad, and like so the black people were better off as slaves because everything was provided by them, and their inspiration for that or their influence towards that just came from the fact that they grew up on a plantation where the owner, the owners were actually nice, or at least somewhat nice, like nicer than most other owners. And the fact that they got them clothes, food, medicine, other stuff like that, as long as they kept working. And another influence of that could have been the fact that the, inter- the interview was white. It also could have been an uh, influence, but mainly just the fact that their experience with slavery was a lot better than most of the people's.
2: All right, and then one final question for each of us, and we'll start with you. Does the way that someone sounds impact the way that you think about them?
0: Um, Honestly, kind of. Um, if someone talks a specific way, then you can kind of tell where they came from and probably what their culture is. You can also just get a feel on how educated they are. And because, um, like, if somebody talks really loose or really um, talks talk, – doesn't really – Pronounce either words or uses like shorter versions or different versions of words, you can kind of tell that maybe they weren't as educated or they're not formal. Um, It's just language itself is a very big tool to tell how um, a person was raised or where somebody came from. And you can really figure out a person just by the way they talk or the way they write or anything like that. So, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think the way somebody sounds or talks um, impacts the way I think about someone. Uh, what about you, Ethan?
2: So, the way someone sounds definitely has an impact on what I think about them going forward. So, like, for example, they could have um, an accent from somewhere in Europe, like, say, Germany. They'd have, like, a heavy German accent. Then i know they'd be from Germany, for example. So, it helps me find where they're from and then that's just, like, the accent, the way they speak. But then, like, the slang that they use, for example, could help even further um, tell me what, they, what they're interested in and what they, like, their influences, what they've been around with how they, um, how they prescribe certain things.
0: Okay, so Brandon, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, the All first right. question I have to ask you is, we often have a very narrow look at African American history. We usually think of American African history. American African sorry, African American history is rooted in slavery and civil rights. Um, how about you go ahead and share one new thing they learned about the inside of those narratives and the outside of those narratives.
1: So, this week I've learned that everything isn't as the sentence is like. you got to think. There's everyone's different perspectives and Everyone has their own opinion on the situation. Like, think, if you were in the South, like, back then, but then it wasn't bad, which is understandable, but, like, to the North it is. And, like, I feel like it is, but oh just trying to realize other people got, like, different perspectives and opinions on the situation, really. That's yeah. something I've learned.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, okay. So, second question I'm going to ask you uh-huh. is, um, so while using document B and document C, uh, how do the accounts differ, and what is influencing their perspective?
1: Um, I feel like they do. I feel like they do like change the perspective. It's just like judge. I feel like it's like judging someone, but like, but for talking, if that makes sense. Like, no matter how like people's like tone or perspective is, you're gonna judge them, even if you like want to or not on the situation. So I feel like no matter what, you're still gonna end up judging somebody, even if you're not like trying to or intending to
0: that's true um so second question i have for you is uh or third question sorry is does the with someone's sound impact the way you think about them
1: um i feel like it does because you have to think about the tone that you're they're using for example like if somebody's mad you can obviously tell they're mad and then if they're all like shy and quiet you're not going to be thinking they're mad so i feel like the tone or how somebody's talking really impacts like what you're thinking for them at the time
0: yeah i can definitely see that and this brings us to our second segment which consists of a discussion of um three qu- or two questions sorry that we have um here today so um i'll just say the first question the first question was a. Uh, where do we see the most inspirational acts of resistance, and what was most yeah. inspirational to us? And I'll start off by saying, um, I think one of the most um, inspirational acts of resistance was the Haitian revolt because they just completely just, just completely just flipped everything around, and they used their power to just completely overthrow the white people, and just completely made the country their own, and it really showed like how if they unified and if they really work together, then they can really just create something great. And that's just a prime example of that. And the country is still going on today. So obviously it lasted. And I think that's just pretty inspirational to me because, you know, you don't really see anything like that too often anymore. And I just think that it's a great lesson to be learned by anybody that wants to like learn about leadership and teamwork and whatnot.
2: So I guess I'll also start with my first, which was the the large march of slaves down to the fort in Florida. So basically there is this fort, fort, fort in Florida that um, that I think the was occupied by Spain at the time that slaves could come to and be considered free there. So what happened was in somewhere in a colony there was a group of slaves that decided to, to organize, plan, and revolt against their slave owners and then march all the way down to Florida to the fort. And as they did that, they gathered more and more slaves up to like over a hundred then. But sadly, they did not make it, but it was still something very inspirational to me.
0: And that brings us to the second question, second and final question. Um, how is humanity taken back by those acts of resistance? And when it comes to the Haitian revolt, I think after this happened, everybody sorta everybody sorta saw that that the power of a unified source of people, such as black people, which is very which in pretty much every place of the world or place of slavery, they severely outnumbered the white people so i guess they kind of realized that hey these people can pin together and they just wipe us out so i feel like that just kind of scared pretty much everybody and i think it would probably make um the law stricter to kind of keep them more uh, away from each other and more and don't let them have the chance to unify like they did in uh, haiti
2: so the aftermath of my example that I liked, which was the slave march down to Florida. Since it ended with them getting caught, the U.S. ended up passing new laws that prevented this from happening. Put it put harsher and harsher punishments on, but people still tried to resist and moved down to that fort. But oftentimes it was unsuccessful, and the punishments were far more were very severe for it. Yeah
0: um so uh question i have for you right now is um when do you see the most inspirational acts of resistance and what was the most inspirational to you
1: to me i feel like it was the brosa park bus incident because even though there was other people that did it before her and necessarily have done the same thing i feel like hers like since it was told more and it was the one that got out there it made a real big difference and made other people think and maybe like started the movement more and get more other people involved
0: all right uh last question to cap off segment two is uh how is humanity taken back by those action by those acts of resistance
1: um i feel like it was taken back because that's when people started rioting and protesting the buses which led to maybe protesting more things and more things and eventually they finally got what they wanted and it could have been from all that it could have been from something else but to me i feel like it could have been started there
0: Yes, yeah, definitely true and this brings us to our segment three which is we're going to talk about things that are going on, on campus right now and one big thing that's going on, on campus right now is the yearbook is recruiting people for uh next year um so basically yearbook's just sending out sending out packets or forms to everybody who um either is recommended or um the advisor thinks that would be a good fit or if you really want to you can go to the office or miss Wykamp's room to go pick out a form yourself if you're interested in your book um i feel like your book's a pretty good place or pretty uh pretty fun i'm a part of your book myself and i think that's a pretty fun activity to be a part of because you get to put, you got to make the yearbook itself. People are going to have, like, in their shelves, or they're going to have this book for over thirty years of their life, and they're going to look back at it and think, like, "Hey, I remember this, and you did that." And not only that is, uh, um, being a part of yearbook, or at least consistently being a part of yearbook, um, looks good on college resume because it shows you committed something, and it also looks good on a, a job resume because the way um, yearbooks um, structured. It's kind of like a job itself. There's like different roles each person plays with, so like, person above you. And uh, yearbook's a year long class, and it obviously starts next year. And if you want more info, you can talk to any of the staff members or Miss Wycan herself, which is the advisor, or you can go to WoodcreekYearbook.com and find more info there. All right. So, to start off, segment four. Uh, sources that I used were um, the slavery, slavery narratives that we uh, read in class and the slideshows that Mr.
2: Dorenzo showed us.
1: For me, I use slavery narratives and the Ed puzzle, that also the slides that he showed us in the class.
2: And I use slavery narratives, and that's it.
0: And so to cap things off, I've been Ryan.
2: I'm Ethan.
1: I'm Brandon.
0: And. That is all for our podcast. Thanks for watching. We'll see you later.